Okay, welcome back to Fantasy Baseball with a comma and a capital D. It is July 6th, 2021, and I haven't recorded um, since the sticky stuff crackdown had started in Major League Baseball, uh, but it has changed uh, some things, obviously, with my strategy. I was leaning more towards you shouldn't go with drafting starting pitchers in the first five rounds uh, not as strictly anymore because there seem to be more um, rookie and breakout pitchers uh, than hitters this year. Um, Kellenic, uh, Andrew Vaughn, um, Wander Franco wasn't at the time, but, you know, these young hitters, you know, whereas Ronald Acuna came out and and uh, mashed pretty much from the beginning and a little bit Luis Robert or Robert um, it, you know it really wasn't happening this year um, and <clears throat> excuse me and so I was uh, you know leaning more toward okay maybe you don't have to draft starting pitchers um, in your first five rounds to be successful and maybe you know because hitting with a deadened ball hitting elite hitting is becoming a little bit more rare than it was in 2019 and 20. Um, you know, maybe you shouldn't do that. You need to draft some truly elite hitters regardless of the ball. But things have kind of swung uh, background. You still do have the dead and ball. So we're still figuring out, you know, who's still an elite hitter, who still has power um, with the dead and ball. But the sticky stuff seems to be, you know, largely out of the game where you can tell with spin rates going down. So, um so I, I, I still maintain, um, you know, the context of this conversation is uh, within my strategy of drafting starting pitchers uh, in your first five rounds or four out of your first five or whatever. Um, so I want to give an update on how my two teams are doing uh, that are in money leagues uh, where I'm doing this. And uh, things have improved a little bit. And I also want to talk about some specific players that are... Um, under-owned um, and even though anyone popping into this podcast could just listen to this as waiver wire ad um, recommendations uh, it also illustrates the point of you don't necessarily have to draft offense early um, in order to have really high quality hitters I'm not saying round one, round two type hitters, but sometimes round four or five type hitters on the waiver wire um, in, in the, uh, during the year. Um, okay, so let's get into some of those players who are under-owned. Brendan Rodgers, like I talked about in my last podcast, needs to be owned. He was owned 13% probably a week ago or whenever I did it, two weeks ago, he's owned 17% now. That's just not enough. He's not quite playing every day. Um, He seems to be, and I haven't looked at the lineups to see how it figures out. Maybe Hampson plays the outfield sometimes, um, and uh, sometimes he plays second, but he seems to be every fourth or fifth game occasionally um, taken out of the game, uh, not started, you know, given the day off not given the day off. He's just not started. Um, But that's going to change because uh, regardless of the Rockies history uh, with young players, because his June was awesome. It was just awesome. 
He didn't have a lot of runs because he was usually hitting sixth or seventh. Um, he had a decent amount of RBI. I forget how many, but I think he's got five home runs now. <clears throat> Excuse me, maybe a little bit more. But he he's between like a, a like a 24 and a 29 home run pace um, about. And he had an OPS. He opts over 900 in June. So it looks like after a really slow start, um, which maybe reinforced a lot of people's idea of Brendan Rodgers in the major leagues based on last year and the year before, um, that, that, that he just could mash AAA but couldn't cut it in the major leagues. Um, after a little bit of that, a few weeks, uh, even I got a little impatient with him, but I stuck with him in my dynasty at a pretty deep, uh, good price, and he just started. He, I think he's breaking out right now. I think he has broken out, to be honest. And here's the thing: um, obviously, he's in uh, Rockies. Uh, he plays uh, Mile High, whatever they call it there. But um, I think his numbers are almost as good on the road. Um, and they had more road games in June than they had home games. And he did a lot of damage then. And it, but here's the thing: I was gonna say. He's batting in the last, like, five, six games. He's batted fourth or fifth in the last uh, five or six games. And with Arenado out there, um, definitely in a dynasty league with Story probably out of here in a year, um, you know, he, he could be batting third or fourth uh, or even fifth. That'd be fine, even in a National League lineup. And you're going to get a lot more, uh, hopefully, counting stats. Maybe not a lot more runs, but a lot more RBI. Um presumably hitting behind uh you know good good hitters tapia hampson sorry whoever uh you know who he can get on base who's whoever's batting you know one through three um and he's 17 percent owned still and he's available in yahoo leagues and he's available um at second base and shortstop 17 percent owned I, I i wouldn't blame someone if he were you know, people, if you were 70% owned, all right, you know, shortstop is a loaded position. Uh, a lot of people play second base or who are eligible at second base, but he's eligible for both. You have usually have two utility spots, and he um, he's owned in 17% of leagues. So you got to go pick him up. You just have to. Okay, the next guy I want to talk about is uh, a shortstop. Uh, with Willie, uh, with the Milwaukee Brewers now for at least a month or so, uh, Willie Adamas. And um, I don't exactly know his splits, but I think he's batting. First of all, he's 53% owned, so he might not be available in your league. Um, but he's uh, just shortstop eligible. And in the last month, he's batting 311 with five or six homers. He's on a pace. You know, if you just multiply times six, six months in a year, um, in you know 95 at bats or something, uh, maybe maybe the pro rate is a little too much, but um, you know he has like a hundred. He'll get like 114 RBI. I mean runs, 112 RBI, something like that, and um, and 30 homers, batting over 300. I mean he's he's always been really good outside of. Uh, whatever the Tampa Bay Rays park um, is. He's, he's had an OPS, I believe, career uh, in away games when he was with the Rays of over 800. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, and now he's in a really good hitter's ballpark. 
um, and and he's just really kind of taken off. And whether that's a combination of you know um, the sticky stuff being out of the game or the change in ballpark and lineup context, I don't know. But he, he's been batting fourth most of the time lately, and uh, he's going to get a lot of runs, a lot of RBI. Um, seems like a good amount of home runs and a great source of batting average. He's 53 or 50-something percent owned. He needs to be owned and I mean, I would say 90% of leagues. All right, before I go to the next guy, um, I wanted to say that uh, I do voice to text for some of the segment names, so I, I know it's spelled wrong. The next guy I want to talk about, though, is... I use my little mnemonic device in my head that I came up with. Dun, 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 dun. Okay, yeah. Let's go with um, Dominic uh, Smith. I believe he's 50 or 60% owned, um, but he is on like a 100 run, 100 RBI, um, 30 home run, 293 batting average pace uh, in the last month. Um, and, and that's really where I want to evaluate. One month is a small sample size, but he has a pretty good track record. And uh, the sample size coincides with uh, the sticky stuff getting out of the game. And, and maybe it increased from last year to this year. And that's why he was slumping a little bit. Maybe it wasn't warm. Maybe he's getting used to the dead and ball. I don't know. Um, but he's got a small track record last year of being awesome. And... Now some things have changed in the environment, and even with the dead and ball, he's awesome in the last month, and particularly in the last couple of weeks. Um, he's first first base and outfield eligible. Might not be in your league, um, available in your league at 50 or 60% available, but Dominic Smith, not too much more to say about him. Uh, I would pick him up immediately. All right, the next dude is Alex Kiriloff. And he is first base and outfield eligible in Yahoo Fantasy Leagues. I believe in all leagues. And uh, he's something like 30 or 31% owned in Yahoo, which, I don't know, that's nuts. Um, in CBS, they have their own podcast, and they talk about this stuff. So in CBS Leagues, I'm sure he's owned more. Um, and they have, I think, more Dynasty, too, so he's more valuable there. Um, but he... he um, it's not that his numbers have been great in the last uh, month. He hasn't had as many at-bats. He takes some days off every once in a while, presumably against a lefty. But um, he's batting 293 in his last month, and his expected statistics are awesome. They're like in the 98th, 99th percentile in slugging and um, batting average. I think his expected batting average is like uh, 301 or 2 or 3. Right near 300, which nobody's is. Nobody's except Michael Brantley and, and I don't know, maybe Jose Altuve back in the day or, or Ichiro. But nobody's is. Um, well, not Ichiro because they wouldn't factor in the speed and the, and the funky uh, three steps to first base before he makes contact. But, um, but and he, he's had a very good last couple of weeks. His power numbers are still not great right now, but... Get this dude while you can. I've been trying to trade for him. I've tried uh, trading Scooball um, in a dynasty league for him. Couldn't get him. I'm gonna have to. Uh, I'm gonna have to maybe trade Scooball and Logan Gilbert just for um, 
for Alex Kirilov in a dynasty league. Um, the reason I would do that is I have like nine of the top ten uh, minor league prospects uh, uh, on my uh, starting pitcher prospects on my team, so uh, I have a lot of irons in the fire there. But um, so he's not worth both of them. But I think it's pretty clear that um, in a still pretty good lineup, even though. You know, Kepler hasn't been there and probably isn't the same hitter with um, the deadened ball as he was in 2019 or, yeah, in 2019. And Josh Donaldson is injured and sometimes, uh, you know, he's not quite a 35-40 home run guy like he was with Atlanta. His last probably great year, uh, what's-his-face, Cruz. But it's still a pretty good lineup. Um, it can be great. Um that kid Trevor Larnock can get on base in front of him. And here's the thing. He's batted fourth or fifth. And uh, no, I think he's batted fourth in the last like five, six, seven games. Alex Karoloff, 31% owned, batting fourth for a great lineup. Awesome expected statistics. Batted 293 um, just have, in the last month. Just haven't seen the power. But this dude's going to pop. And, you know, he's going to be, in, in my opinion, He's going to be, barring an injury, he's going to demonstrate through the rest of the year that he's worthy of a fifth-round pick in the 2022 draft. He's just going to be a four-category stud. So pick him up. Uh, This is a weaker recommendation, but I wanted to touch upon it because, first of all, he's second, third, and short eligible. Um, But because I predicted a breakout from this dude, Luis Urias, um, it really didn't quite happen. But you know what's interesting? Kind of like Nick Ahmed the last six years is that Luis Urias had that breakout in, what, 2018 or 19 season at AAA where he previously didn't demonstrate any significant power, and then he did. He had, like, 18 home runs in half a season. And he was terrible the next two and a half years or whatever with uh, between the Padres and the Milwaukee Brewers. Um and he was basically traded for Trent Grisham. I think it was just a straight-up one-for-one. And Trent Grisham has gone on to do great things. So Milwaukee wants to give him every opportunity to succeed. And listen, he had an 860 OPS in <clears throat> excuse me, in June. But on the last day of June, he went four for five with um, a, uh, two home runs. Uh, and... Um, and since then, I think he's gone like zero for his last 10 or 11. Not since then, but um, today's, you know, July 6th. So his last three games, I think he's gone 0 for maybe one for his last 12 or something. There's one game where he's 0 for six or four strikeouts. You, you know, he's batting. He was near two. He was batting 240 before. He had brought his average way up with a very respectable 260 or 70 in June. And uh, but with regards to, you know, I don't think he's going to break out. I think he's going to be like Nick Ahmed. I think he's going to slowly improve every year. And he has in many, many metrics. Um, not everyone, but if you look at the stat cast and the regular numbers over the last three, four years, I can't remember whether he played in the major leagues in 2018 or 19, but so in two, three years or, or, or three, four years, I think, you know, not complete seasons, but this year or 2020, but he has improved, and his walk rate has gone up. And um, I don't exactly know where it is right now, but he's batting 230-something, and they have him leading off um, while Colton, Colton Wong, I believe, is injured again, um, or he's out again for some reason. And uh, he was he 
like had no uh, OBP of like 350, 360. Obviously, he's going to be better, a little bit better in points leagues. He doesn't walk that much that he's going to be a points league uh, stud. The discrepancy isn't that big in his value between points and roto or head-to-head. But um, he does get on base, and he, in the last month of games, not June, but the last calendar 30 days, um, you know, he's on a pace to get like uh, 115 or 120. I think he's got like 20 runs. And he's got like 13 or 14 RBI as well. When he doesn't bat first, sometimes he bats second or, or seventh even. So he doesn't have a permanent uh, spot. And he has batted second when Colton Wong was in the lineup. So uh, Colton Wong being back doesn't necessarily relegate him to um, seventh in the order. And by the way, seventh in, in the order in that lineup, that's starting to come around a little bit. Avisel Garcia, after a great start, slumped, and now he's coming back a little bit. I cannot think of the dude's name, but the awesome lefty hitter. God, I'm getting like he's like you know was a top three pick two years ago. I it's embarrassing that I can't remember his name. Um, but you know he's uh, starting to come around. And Kristen Yelich, wow, uh, he's basically being Kristen Yelich in the last like uh, three weeks and. So batting seventh isn't the worst. Batting seventh part-time is definitely not the worst. Um, but batting seventh all the time wouldn't be terrible. He's not going to get a lot of runs, but he would get, um, I still think, a, a decent amount of RBI opportunities. And if he walks um, at, a, at a good enough approach, I mean, at a good, uh, good enough clip, um, you know, at least that, that he might not get the runs, be batted in by the eight and pitcher or the eight and nine header, but... Um, you're in an OBP league, it still counts for uh, a point, or a points league, it still counts for uh, a point. Now, um, so he's not broken out. I really, really like him. I think he's improved from month to month to month this year. I think he's improved from year to year to year in his career. He's still only 24, I believe. Uh, maybe turns 25 this year, or maybe already has, but um, he was once a stud in 2019 in AAA, and I think it was you know, the bouncy ball and a great hitters uh, league, you know, with the park dimensions. But, uh, and you could certainly do better at uh, second, third, or short, but uh, he's not bad. And I think he's owned in like, I don't know, either the teens or the 20s. Um, Keep him on your scout team. You know, if Willie Adamas is out of the lineup, that opens up a spot, Uh, not in the middle of the order. Uh, He would probably get uh, pushed to second. Um, or maybe, I don't know, maybe even fifth. But um, but he, he could be a very good bench bat uh, or replacement player. Or in dynasty leagues, I, I think he's a guy worth holding on to. Okay, so in my head, my little mnemonic that I have to recall again uh, because I'm driving, it's Dominic Rogers, kill France and India. And it's Dominic Smith... Brendan Rodgers, Alex Killeroff, and then, uh, oddly, uh, uh, Ty France and Jonathan India. So anyway, uh, Ty France, he doesn't need to be owned, but in Yahoo, he's available, um, eligible for first, second, and third, which is phenomenal. Um, And I just love that. And um, so... He was injured a little bit, and he had, took some time off, and he, his numbers weren't that great. And last year, I think he batted 305. I think he was traded in the middle of the year, maybe, or before, in, in, in last year's offseason, before last year from uh, San Diego. But 
he seemed he profiled as maybe if a, a, a good source of um, average, but maybe he wasn't living up to his um, his uh, or he was outperforming his expected statistics. But he's back from his injury now. His expected statistics are good. I don't have them in front of me, but they are good. I think he's 42% owned in Yahoo leagues. Um, and he's got a 290-something. Since he's gotten back from the IL, he's gone back to basically being uh, what he is, maybe a 20-home run guy with, uh, with a near a 300 average. I'm not saying he's going to bat 300 every year, but he's going to be a plus. Um, he bats fourth um, in, in, every day in that lineup, in the Mariners lineup. Despite, despite that, uh, he's still in the last month only on pace for... I think he has a month worth of at-bats. I don't think... I think he came off the IL more than a month ago. I should have checked the number of at-bats, but but uh, he's got five home runs, and he's on a pace for, like, um, I guess technically 30 home runs, but it's a small sample size, so, you know, if two didn't leave the park, it'd be 18 home runs, but probably around a 20, 25 home run pace, maybe, in that park, and uh, 80 RBI and 80 runs. Um, you, you could do better. He's not a must start. If that lineup gets good, I don't know why they would acquire anyone. But if Kellenic comes up and he's awesome, if Fraley continues to, to mash and bats first, second, or third and, and uh, continues to uh, steal and um, get on base at a 400 clip, if uh, not Shed Long, uh, not uh, Taylor Trammell, I don't know, maybe if Julio Rodriguez comes up, you know, at some point he's still at high. He's at double A now. And, you know, he could still be, then I think he would be close to being maybe must, must, must owned anyway. Maybe not on your lineup, but someone's lineup in your league. Um, he's, he's owned in like 40% of leagues. I think he's going to be a 25 home run, you know, 85, 85, uh, you know, 290. 300 uh, average hitter and he's available he's eligible for first base third second base and third base um, he'd be a great replacement for anybody who got injured all right the last guy I think I want to talk about is Jonathan India I'm just gonna call him John India I'm not calling him Jonathan but um, he is he's like he's like oh what is he owned now maybe maybe I'll check Hold on. Let me just, uh, real quick. I probably should have paused it. So you guys don't have to hear this nonsense. All right. Well, it's taken too long. But he, uh, he's owned in like, I don't know, between, uh, 30 and 55. <laughs> That's a big range. He's not very owned. Um, you know, he might be like 20s or 30s. And listen, he's got like a 275 average in the last whatever, but his OBP um, is pretty high. It's near 400 in the last 30 days. It was awesome in uh, maybe half the, the second half of May and the second half of June. He, he didn't hit too well in the first half, and he hit a lot of home runs. Made it look like he could be a 20-25 home run guy. He's still just got six, and he's got one in his last 30 days. But he's got like 20-22 runs um, hitting in a uh, lineup, in a park that's good, but in a lineup that is surprisingly not pathetic, um, given that Eugenio Suarez has been 
well, average-wise pathetic, but he's still got like 16, 17 bombs. Joey Votto, since coming off the what's-his-face uh, IL, batting fifth, um, has batted like 290-something with five home runs in, in three weeks or something. He's been pretty much awesome. Um, so, And he leads off. Uh, he doesn't really steal bases. He's got a couple maybe, maybe four, maybe three, but... You definitely in a points league, you got to have this dude. Um, you don't have to, you, like, but one one team in every league, like he's must own in, for somebody in every league. I don't really care what league, unless it's a you know friggin' four team league. Um, he's gonna get you 100 runs this year, or at least prorated from May on, um, and uh, and he's really really good. And he's he's not very owned. Then he's second and third base uh, eligible, and uh, and that's it. All right. Uh, I said I would give uh, an update on my teams and the implementation of the uh, starting pitchers in the first five rounds and and a lot of waiver wire hitter ads in the season to make up for the fact that you're drafting hitters um, from round six on. And I will, but I'll keep it short. Um, a little bit has changed. Uh, the reason I'm going to keep it short <clears throat> is because um, one of my teams I kind of ignored for the last couple weeks, um, and I've been I'm moving away from California to on the East Coast, and I just haven't paid attention. And I had a whole bunch of guys that were outdated. Uh, I was waiting on them to produce, <clears throat> excuse me, and I just didn't have a good roster. So I literally have five new hitters in in, in one of those uh, leagues. But um, let's go with the team that um, I didn't need to make changes on. And uh, I'll tell you what uh, my pitching is like and what my offense is like. Okay, so, excuse me, that team... I got uh, Sean Murphy at catcher or whatever. Uh, wait, is this the team? No, 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 no. That's not. That's not the team. That's the team I ignored. Uh, I got. Okay, Will Smith as my catcher. Okay, I have Ty France as my first baseman. It's not very strong, but. He's, uh, he's good. I got Dominic Smith. Maybe that's my first baseman. That's my first baseman. Yeah, I got Dominic Smith as my first baseman. My second baseman is Ozzie Albies. Um, so there's no way I got him in the sixth round, maybe. Uh, my third baseman is John India. Shortstop is Brendan Rodgers. I got Jordan Alvarez. Kyle Tucker, Mitch Haniger. Okay, this this isn't the one where <laughs> I can't be the one where I dropped. I mean, where I drafted starting pitchers in the first five rounds. Um, let's see what my pitching's like. My pitching: I have Strasburg on the IL, Walker Bueller, you Darvish, Tyler Malley, um, Aaron Nola. Framber Valdez. So I don't know how I got Aaron Nola. I've only made one trade. Aaron Nola, Hugh Darvish, Walker Bueller, Steven Strasburg, and Ozzie Albies, 
Jordan Alvarez and Kyle Tucker. I don't quite know how... I don't know how that happened. Maybe I did draft. There's no way I got Ozzy Albies in the sixth round and Jordan Alvarez in round six. Maybe I did. Maybe I did because uh, there were questions about his knees. Anyway, that team is uh, performing uh, quite well. It is, uh, I want to say, in... You know, I was in like 10th or 11th place a while back, and then June happened. So I'm, I'm three and a half games out of fourth place. I'm in fifth place. I'm three and a half games out of a playoff spot. And uh, in my last 25 offensive categories, um, I've gone 14, 9, and 2. So 14 wins, uh, two ties, and, and nine uh, losses. The other one, um, I, I've not done well at all in the last uh, five weeks. Uh, but now I have, I took a little bit of, well, let's look at my pitchers. So I have Jack Flaherty, Steven Strasburg, and, and uh, Shane Bieber all on the IL. But I have Max Scherzer, uh, Tarek Skubal, Yusei Kikuchi. Um, I have a lot of good relievers. And Walker Bueller. All right. But my catcher is uh, Sean Murphy, Luke Voigt, John Andy at second base, Eugenio Suarez. I am betting on... A comeback second half for Eugenio Suarez in a big way, batting you know 250, not 160. Um, I got Luis Urias at short. That seems like it's. Nah, I got Luis Urias at short. That's not strong. Uh, but then Tommy Pham, Alex Kirilov, and Trey Mancini, and Dominic Smith, all who I do think are strong. Um, and I have Andrew McCutcheon, who's had a 900 OPS. I also have on my bench Ty France and Michael Conforto. So, you know, that is an offense that is going to do better than the same team, before I added five new hitters, um, did the last five weeks. I'm going to win maybe half the categories, um, I believe. And I only have, you say, Kikuchi, Tarek Skubal, um, who is a little bit of a cherry bomb at this point. Not a cherry bomb, but... <clears throat> He can walk some guys and, and give up hard contact. Uh, he always has high strikeouts. Um, you know, but his last two was a good example. Uh, you know, I think he went seven, one hit the Astros with nine strikeouts or ten strikeouts or 11. I don't know. And then uh, then he faced the White Sox. Another great lineup. Next game out, and he went five innings, five earned runs, eight hits, one walk. I think he got six strikeouts, and he got the win, but, you know, he got hit hard, so he might be Robbie Ray, um, but better than Robbie Ray had been in the past, and in good years, he might have a year like Robbie Ray did in 2018, or maybe this year, I don't know, um, but you know, that's without Bieber, Strasburg, oh, in that one, I'm in ninth place, and I'm uh, 13 games out of uh, no, I might be in 11th place, but it doesn't matter. The I'm, I'm, point is I'm 13 games out of a playoff spot, out of fourth place. Um, I still am not concerned um, about <clears throat> my offense, however. I'm going to upgrade Luis Urias. He, he can't be my primary shortstop. Um, there's got to be someone on the uh, waiver wire. But, um, you know, my offense was pretty pathetic from the guys that I drafted. And when I said, you know, draft five starting pitchers, your first five rounds, uh, I gave some recommendations, and some were good and some were terrible. Um, 
And so I went with the guys that I recommended mostly about 60 to 70% of the time. Um, well, no, that's not even true because the guys I recommended were from the 250 and beyond point. And really I was drafting from the 100 mark on for offense. So, but I, I did draft a lot of those guys like Garrett Hampson and Brendan Rogers and uh, just hoping they'd get uh, good playing time. And those two have worked out. But I also had, like, Alex Dickerson and Ryan McMahon. But I also had Alex Dickerson, who hasn't worked out. Um, some other guys who were really... Lewis Brinson, you know, that was a last round. But anyway, the point is, uh, the waiver wire ads um, have been good to me. And uh, my last five weeks haven't been great. I should have updated it about three weeks ago. Uh, I like to give guys you know, three week chance. So, you know, if you think Joey Votto is going to keep it up, I like to pick up Joey Votto and, and, uh, because what he is now, we don't really have a track record for, you know, the last whatever month or two months of the la- or not two months, the last month or whatever of last year, maybe it's just three weeks. He had a lot of power. He was hitting the ball really hard. And this year he's hitting it 93 miles per hour average. Um, but like a guy like that, um, He's not in the middle of his career. He's 37 now and had two and a half down years. And then, was it three? No, two and a half down years falling off the table in power and average. Um, and um, and now he's back. So I don't know what he is, but I'd give him three weeks. You know, if he keeps it up, which he has since he's come off the IL, he's actually <laughs> a pretty good starting first baseman in this league. Uh, 12 teams. Um but, you know, give Ty France. Um, he doesn't have a huge track record, but I do trust what he is. 20 home runs, 290, 85, 85. And, uh, you know, Mitch Hanniger can swoon a little bit. Do I have him? I keep Tommy Finn. But, you know, I give guys like Urias, Brendan. You know, maybe I'm wrong about Brendan Rodgers and he hasn't broken out. He just had a good month. Um, and uh, you switch him out with somebody else the next time. But, I, you know, I just want to demonstrate what happens uh, during the year and, and what guys, offensive guys, are available on the um, on the waiver wire that you can add that I believe firmly that if you give me seven weeks, I won't, if you, if I, okay, so if I don't draft any hitters, just leave them empty. And then I got a, a seven weeks to build my roster from uh, the, my offensive roster from the waiver wire. You know, so obviously I'd have hitters that first week, but over a seven-week period, you know, fringy guys get dropped, but prospects get dropped, but then they uh, get called back up or they start to perform or whatever. Um, you know, I picked up Dominic Smith off the waiver wire. Now the last month, he's basically looked like Dominic Smith. He's batting 290, six home runs. 17 or 18 RBIs and runs. That's that's very good. Um, and and he was dropped. There are guys like that, not every year this much, but there are guys like that every year. Uh, Ty France was was relatively unheralded, and uh, even though he had a, a great average, uh, what was the last year? And but and, and people think uh, what he was in the first part of the season when he was injured was him. Turns out it's not. Um, so far coming off the IL. So there are lots of deals to be had. And, you know, this year, like I like I said, so my strategy I don't think changes with this crackdown and this environment. <clears throat> of course, it 
it certainly could change. And if, you know, the mound gets, uh, they, they raise the mound six inches and, and uh, deaden the ball more and they don't crack down on sticky stuff, then you should be drafting elite hitters in the first five rounds. But um, an environment that is still pretty good to hitters, so they deaden the ball, but the sticky stuff is out now. So I think it leans hitters for what we've been used to um, for the last 15 years or whatever um, since they got steroids out. I think it leans hitters, and um, remember there was a short period where uh, hitting just wasn't quite as good, but anyway, um, I I still think it leans hitters, and if it leans hitters, you know, there are steroids in the game, or the sticky stuff from pitchers is taken out, that's an equalizer, so a lot of decent hitters get their um, averages, I mean, their, their level pumped up a little bit. And uh, I would say that there are more people on the fringe of being a decent or average fantasy player uh, benefit from these things than the elite ones because they have, the guys that are already fringy, they have more improvement to make. Freddie Freeman isn't, they take the sticky stuff out. He's not all of a sudden, is a bad time to say because he's in 260s, he's, he's not hitting great, but you know, he's not all of a sudden going to hit 400. Like it's hard to improve on elite. Except, except for Barry Bonds, maybe. Uh, he was elite and then improved in, in elite fashion. But uh, you get the idea. So I, I would, uh, would still stay. But earlier in the season, I was thinking, shit, you know, Derek Scooble, Logan Gilbert. Uh, they're, they're, uh, I know they're not, um, Scooble's not a rookie, but he, he, you know, I put him in the same category. First, second, third year guys, um, adjust high prospects, adjusting pedigree, adjusting to the major leagues, um, who are Casey Mize, um, Alec Manoa, the pitchers were having success and they still are, but the pitchers were having success and the hitters weren't. And there were more kind of breakout pitchers, um, uh, Desclafani and, and stuff like that. But, uh, then hitters, I just, I can't even think of a breakout hitter. Oh yeah. Cedric Mullins, but there just aren't too many breakout hitters. And it felt like the last ever since 2015, 16, that people, you know, okay, this is the year I'm going to start changing my launch angle, or this is the year they, the ball juiced up, you know, so uh, Eric Hosmer is going to increase his launch angle, and now he's having a dramatic 2020. There were just a lot of hitters that were having uh, breakouts, whether they were late or, or late breakouts in their late 20s, or just guys, um, rookies getting called up, young players hitting really well. Uh, right off the bat because of the environment. Um, and then that didn't happen at all this year, hitting-wise, and and the pitchers were, uh, were doing very well. Um, I am going to um, switch over in general. I'm going to start talking about uh, fantasy uh, dynasty. And uh, I guess to some extent, I'll be talking dynasty, but to some extent, um, it, it still relates to uh, value in redraft leagues um, and uh, keeper leagues, because uh, keeper keeper league is just dipping its toe in dynasty, basically. And I'm going to be talking uh, a lot of salary cap dynasty leagues. I play in CBS, um, so I'm going to talk a lot about value. So, you know. I'm going to be talking about dollar dollar value, but it's really the same thing. It's how how much of this particular resource are you going to allocate to this particular player? So in this sense, it's dollars during the auction draft or trading for a guy with a certain salary. 
okay? But the resource that you can basically, uh, every time I say dollar, if you're in a redraft league, every time I say the salary of a guy, you can just say what round should I pick him in or how much should I give up for him because uh, you're, that's another resource, right? The guys you have to give up to get somebody or, um, or the draft picks that you have uh, to, to draft somebody. So it's still applicable, but it's just going to be 20% um, more strongly associated with Dynasty um, for most of my podcasts going forward.